Pulp MX Network production. To this day, when I hear that song, I see you standing there on that lawn. Discount shades, store bought tank, flip flops, and cut off jeans. Somewhere between that. A new view from inside the truck. X racer to racer and eye to eye. A casual look into the personalities of the sport and an experienced perspective into the action from week to week. It's Jason Thomas's industry seating. Presented by Pirelli Tires, Guts Racing, Plum Creek Funding, Pro Glow Wash, Works Connection, Bass Foundry, TL Speed Shop, Grandstone Boots, and Fly Racing. Welcome to the Industry Seating Podcast. My name is Jason Thomas. It is Tuesday, June 6, 2023. And this past weekend, we were in Rancho Cordova, California, better known as Hangtown, for those of you who had never been there. And it was a hot one, folks. It was warm. Now, let's not get carried away. It wasn't like a legendary scale of hot. But we didn't really have many hot races last year. You know, there were a couple that were warm. Butts Creek was warm. Uh, Paula, the finale, was definitely hot. But I felt like the weather really cooperated last year. We had zero rain whatsoever. And for most of the season, it was really agreeable. Um, I remember being at several races just being so thankful for how nice it was. Uh, because I've been to all these races where, you know, every single one I've been to where the weather has been awful. Rain or incredible heat and humidity. So when they're nice, I'm thankful for it. Before we talk about the race too much, I want to thank the sponsors of this podcast, Pirelli Tires, Guts Racing, Plum Creek Funding, Pro Glow Wash, Works Connection, Fast Foundry, International Vet MX Series, TL Speed Shop, Grant Stone Boots, and Fly Racing. So let's just jump into this thing. I don't like to waste a lot of time. And as you know, Hunter Lawrence wins again. He seems like he has this series in hand a bit. Um, I mean, he's not dominating the way his brother is. He hasn't gone 4-0 or anything like that. But if you look at the series big picture and you have to say, okay, who's really been patient? Who's been able to pick up the pace and make things happen when they need to? And who really feels like they're in charge here? You'd have to say it's Hunter because he's been able to come through the pack. When he gets out front, he kind of does his own thing. You know, nobody can really go with him. And for me, he was the odds-on favorite going in, and, and I see no reason why he wouldn't be the odds-on favorite favorite moving forward. This felt like it was his year to really do it. He put in a dominating performance in Supercross, and I could see him really following that up here. Um, you know, I don't know if he's going to win by, you know, 50 or 100 points or something crazy, but I think he will be in charge and really be the alpha of this series the whole way through. That's just my prediction. He's had a tendency to have bad weekends and give points away in the past and things like that. I just don't see that being who he is right now. He looks more confident, more prepared. And I think he goes into each weekend thinking, yeah, I'm just better than these guys right now. And you see that mindset play out in his riding. Like he, he doesn't panic. He is willing to be patient when he, you know, when that is called for and when he needs to get out front and go, or when the opportunity arises to get out front and go, he takes it. 
Justin Cooper couldn't do much about it. The second moto, I know he was trying, you know, for Justin Cooper, when he gets out front, he wants to win. Like that's his, that's his MO and Hunter just had too much. So great job to Hunter. Uh, this is by far the best he's ever been without question. And uh, just everything's kind of clicking for him right now. Jay Coop, I mentioned, I mean, this was a step forward, right? Like the opener was a disappointment. There's no other way to put it. I expected more. He did not deliver more. And then he bounced back. Very similar to last year. Only last year, the opener was catastrophic. And this week, you know, the, this year wasn't quite as bad. And then the, this second round wasn't quite as good as last year. But it was fine. Like, he was good. I, I think he needs to beat Hayden Deegan in that first moto, to be honest. It's easier said than done. Like, I certainly couldn't do it. But if you're going to be champion in this class, when you have a rookie that's in their fourth race and he's right in front of you, you got to beat him. Like, you need those extra points. You need to put that gap into Hunter Lawrence when you have the opportunity to because it's not that, that opportunity is not going to come around all the time, and you just have to make the most of that. He knows that. I'm not telling him or anyone else anything that he doesn't already know. But that's just what I saw. Is like you've gotta, you've gotta get it done there. Like those are, those are points you may not have a chance to get back. Speaking of Hayden Deegan, I mean, wow. Like I don't know what else to say about this kid. Like he is overperforming my expectations. That was a really, really strong performance. And not only was it great, you know, right off the bat, he, he gets the whole shot and he's sprinting away, which you kind of expect. That's what amateur racers do. That's what they train for. They're really proficient at it. But for him to be able to hold that pace, and then when Justin tried to make a, a charge late, like he, he wanted to test Hayden late, like really put him under duress and try to make a move there, Hayden responded. Like Hayden had more fitness at the end than Justin did, which I would not have expected. So Kudos to Hayden. Kudos to his dad, Brian, for instilling that work ethic and making him do the hard work because it showed up. It's been showing up all season and uh, just wildly impressive uh, performance all year. And this was just kind of the next step in that evolution. Um, I am, I'm a believer, man. The kid is really, really good. And you can say whatever you want. Social media, you can say what you want about Detroit, that whole scenario with Jordan Smith. You can whatever. I, I understand, and I was making those comments too. But when it comes down to is he riding well and is he fit or not, there's simply there, there's no other comment to make. Like there's there's no other answer other than yes. So uh, I just give I give credit where it's due, and he deserves a lot of it. Levi Kitchen, man, I, I like this guy. Um, I. I pull for him and I have to be honest that I expect more. Like I just think that he should be doing better than he is. And I know he needs better starts. I understand that dynamic. I watched him in the first qualifying session. He was absolutely ripping. And I'm like, okay, he's going to be really good today. Like this is the day he's going to have a breakout ride. He's going to be on the podium and Nope. Just was kind of back there in that group again, that five, six, seven, eight, nine group. And it's a war zone back there. That is not where you want to be. He needs to be in front of that and get out of that drama. You saw how Hymas was able to be in front of it in the second moto. And it's much. It's a much nicer experience ahead of that than it is in the midst of it. It is just chaos back there. And that's where Kitchen has found himself time and time again for far too long, in my opinion. I just think he's a better rider than that. Maybe 
maybe I'm expecting too much, um, but that's just where I kind of have them. I, I hold them in a really high regard. The PC guys that kind of lumped together here, obviously Shimoda is uh, the best of them, in my opinion, and he needs to get better starts. And he needs to get stay out of trouble a bit. Um, I think the pace is there, but he needs to kind of put the whole package together. But, you know, whether it's Ryder Francesco or Jet Reynolds or, you know, take your pick of the rest of the guys, um, they all are having kind of ups and downs, right? Not terrible. You know, I would like to see a little bit more flair out of Ryder D. Um, my biggest question, I've mentioned this before, my biggest question is still on the fitness side with him. The second moto, he was kind of just riding around. And if you're on Mitch Payton's program, you can't just ride around and, and Mumford was a little bit too. Uh, Mumford had a really good opener, so I'll give him some, some, cut him some slack here. But Mitch watches that stuff closely. And on the hardest days, when it's hot and the track's rough, you better be charging. You cannot afford to take it easy or be resting on your laurels if you're going to ride for Mitch. That's just not acceptable. And that's not coming from me. I'm just telling you how it is. And that's, he's making the decisions, right? Like he's going to decide who's on the team and who's not. And if he doesn't think you're putting in the work during the week, he's not going to let you stick around or he's going to, he's going to light you up when you come back to the truck. Like hard work and preparation to me is the easiest part. Now, effort wise, it's not, I understand it's, it's really hard to do, but it's the part you can control. There are so many aspects of the sport you can't control, right? You, Jeremy Martin getting hurt. You can't, he couldn't, couldn't control that getting run over. And now a season's over. Your bike breaking or lots of lots of things happen. People crash in front of you. Bad things happen. And many times they're just happenstance. You didn't do anything to deserve that. But being in shape and performing well when the conditions are at their most difficult is something you can control. And I just don't have a lot of mercy or I just don't have time for it. You know, and I think Mitch is cut from that same cloth. I think Mitch looks at it the same way. Is everybody's putting in all this time, effort, money resources the one thing that you can do to to better your odds of success is hard work you can you can be working as hard as anybody in the class and that will show up on saturdays i promise you if you're putting in that level of work it'll show up maybe not every moto things happen things go sideways i totally get it but over time it will show up you keep winding up and you keep putting it out there that hard work is going to rise to the top. And that's just, it's just advice that I would give to these guys. And I know like, you know, Ryder D has Ryan Villapoto in his corner. RV knows exactly what it takes. He was with Alden Baker and I've watched RV put in endless amounts of work. So I don't think it's a lack of knowledge or being unsure of what the, the level requires, but something, you know, I just think there needs to be a little bit more there. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're working their ass off. Um, and it's just not showing up yet. Um, it's just what I've seen in the past. You know, I'm, I'm going back to last year as well. Uh, the fitness just needs to be a little bit better. Uh, let's jump into the 450 class. Obviously, I do the power rankings for this show. If you've never listened, it's not obvious. And I need to say, I need to stop saying obviously so much. It's like a, a crutch. When I get nervous on TV, I say it. Um, and it's, yeah, it's starting to annoy even me. I'm sure some of you have probably heard it. But uh, I do the power rankings for this podcast, and it's a week-to-week ranking, but it is a little bit bigger picture. It takes Supercross into account. It takes last season, this season, uh, trends, uh, directional, like where I think riders are headed. And it's tough right now, man. There's nobody left. 
the class is absolutely depleted. And if you're not racing or not going to be back soon, I take you out. Um, I'm just not going to have a bunch of injured guys in the power rankings. I don't think there's much that, you know, it kind of defeats the purpose. There's nothing really there to talk about. So right now it's a really strange list in this power rankings uh, and the honorable mentions on top of, on top of that. So at number 10, making his first appearance ever, I believe, let me just make sure I didn't have him in there last week. Yep. Lorenzo Lacurcio, uh, Venezuelan rider, really nice kid. And he's doing really well. Um, the class, as we know, is severely lacking elite talent. I get it. But these guys just race who shows up. They don't have any control over that. They can't go out and, and heal Jason Anderson and Justin Barsha and all these guys. They just have to line up and race who lines up against them on Saturdays. So great job to Lorenzo. He's getting it done. And uh, I'm sure getting top tens feels nice. Jose Butron is number nine. I never thought that's something I would ever say is that Jose Butron is going to be a rock solid member of the, the power rankings. Just never, I didn't have that on my bingo card, as they say. Um, I can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth, but he deserves it. He got fifth in the second moto this weekend, fifth place. That's incredible. So good job to him. He's a veteran Spanish rider. I've been watching him for years because he's worn fly racing forever. Uh, so I watched his races and would always kind of check the results to see where he was. And this is a guy that was a big hope for KTM at one point. He was a multi-time Spanish national champion, and he's a hero over there. Uh, but I think KTM had high hopes for him to be an MXGP star for a long time. He's led motos over there. And, you know, it's not like he's a nobody. But at this age, to come over here now and to be doing this, is uh, it's a surprise. No other way to put it. Number eight, I have Harlan, and Harlan, Grant Harlan had a horrible week. No other way to put it. I'm not going to penalize him because I don't think it was necessarily his fault. Everything just went wrong. Crash first lap, crash on the start of the second moto, a huge one. Uh, but I think the riding is still really, really good. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to keep him where I think he belongs, inside this top 10 firmly. And I, th I think he's better than guys like Lucurcio. And these, I just, you look at his Supercross results. I'm factoring that in. You look at how strong he was at the opener. I'm factoring that in. So I'm going to put him at number eight, and uh, we'll we'll adjust him accordingly from here. Number seven, I have Kyle Chisholm, and you're going to wonder why he's so high. But again, I'm looking at Supercross. I'm looking at this field. I'm looking at where I think he is going to continue to improve to, and his results have been really good. So I feel comfortable putting him hit, putting him at number seven because this is an overall look at where he's at, right? If this was Supercross or Motocross in the field that we have as a racer in the USA, I think it's fair. This is probably where he would end up, whether we were racing in Anaheim or at Redbud. Um, I think that's a fair representation of his overall uh, placing in the sport right now, which is crazy. I get it. But there's everybody's out. Like, there's no one racing, man. Like, I understand Jason Anderson's incredibly good and would smoke Kyle Chisholm, but not when he's got a broken back. And Justin Barsha, not when he's got a broken broken ribs and shoulder and everything else in the world. Like, he's not going to beat him with one arm. So that's just how this uh, this goes for now. Number six, Adam Cincerello. And it's really hard to say he doesn't deserve to be here because if you watch him in the races, there's nowhere, no one near him. He, no one to the front of him, no one behind him. He's in this no man's land, which I'm sure is not very much fun, but also kind of easy. Like, it makes for an easy weekend. 
Um, I don't think he's thrilled with that result. Kawasaki's probably not thrilled with that result, which brings stress and kind of takes away from an easy weekend or a happy weekend. But I can tell you in the middle of the moto, when things have shaken out and you just look up and, you know, Webb or Plessinger or whoever's 15 seconds ahead of you, and the next guy behind you 25 seconds back or whatever the number is, it does make the race pretty easy. Um, again, I understand the other side of that where it's you come in and, and your team's not happy. That changes all that quickly, but it's always a moving target. Like in the middle of the race on a track that's really sketchy, you don't want to have to be taking a lot of chances. And when everything's settled out and you're like, well, I'm just stuck here, being able to settle and just cruise and bring home like a sixth is not the worst thing that's ever happened to somebody. Number five, actually, you know what? Before we get to five, let's talk about the sponsors a little bit. I feel like one of those YouTubers, right? Before they're going to share information, they go to commercial. That's what I feel like right there. Uh, Pirelli Tires has this rebate going on, and it's actually good for Canada as well. $30 off an off-road set of tires, $60 off a set of street tires. You go to your dealer and fill out the rebate form, and they will mail you a check back once you buy the set of tires. It's a really good deal. You're not going to find that anywhere else in the industry. Guts Racing, seat covers for power sports, e-bikes, those Sarans that are so popular right now. Complete seats uh, for Kawasaki's is one of the newer items they have. Obviously, tons of graphics. They sponsor Rockstar Husky, so check out Guts Racing. Plum Creek Funding. Listen, rates are, are high, okay? They're like over 7% right now. That's not great. Uh, it's They've basically gone vertical over the past year. But some people don't have a choice. I always say that because I know, I talk to people that they have to buy a house. They don't have a choice, man. They're moving. Their families are expanding. Their lease is up, and they have to do something. So... Win, lose, or draw, higher or low rates, they got to buy something. So they need to get the best advice possible. And I would recommend speaking to Zach Morris at Plum Creek Funding. His cell phone number is 720-212-4685. He's a moto guy. He rides his mountain bike damn near every day. Every time I talk to the guy, he seems like he's riding his mountain bike. So it's like-minded people that are going to be able to relate to. And he's going to be able to answer questions and help. They're accredited in a bunch of states. And he has friends in other states that can help you as well. Um, and, and I think it's always a benefit to have someone who thinks and acts and has common interests to help you in when you, your time of need, stuff like this. Proglo Wash, why would you not use something that's formulated for power sports? If you're going to wash your dirt bike, you're going to wash your side-by-side, you're going to wash your quad, use something that is purpose-built for it. And Proglo Wash is specifically that. Uh, you can check it out. I think they're all over the place. Walmart. I think I know they're getting on Amazon soon, but uh, you can check those guys out. Progo Wash. It's an absolutely fantastic product. Works Connection. Now, I talked to Dylan Ferrandis a lot on the podium lately, and they've been working on the rider triangle, moving foot pegs around. And I've kind of been joking around, but I'm being serious. Like, try that Works Connection uh, foot peg mount. That's what they're trying to solve. Chris Keeper tested this thing endlessly to try to improve that rider triangle. It moves the foot pegs down to try to help the bike handle a little better. Uh, Pro Launch Start Device, all of the Monster Star Yamaha guys use. Factory Honda uses. And I'm not sure if you've ever seen that guy, Jet Lawrence, but he uses it as well. And he hole shots pretty much every single time. This weekend, it was a Pro Launch Start Device wave across all the motos in the first corner. I don't believe that's a coincidence. So check out Works Connection. You can use the promo code JT23 and you save, save yourself some money as well. Fast Foundry, uh, they are helping startups, small businesses, Fortune 500 companies, anything that you may need for your business interests, virtual events, getting your company off the ground, taking all the burden, right? Because a lot of startups, they don't have 
all of the infrastructure to run the company, right? They're shoestring budgets. They're having people do several different jobs, but you can outsource a lot of that stuff to Fast Foundry and they can handle a lot of that stuff for you. Um, it, it's a really great resource for a lot of companies. And I could not recommend them any more highly. International Vet MX Series, the Oregon chapter of this group is having a double header event coming up July 8th and 9th, and then July 15th and 16th. Washougal is up. So if you wanted a little uh, preview of the national, you could go to Washougal on July 8th and 9th. And then Albany Motorsports Park is the following weekend is July 15th and 16th. So both of those would be the lead up weekends into Washougal. So if you're in the Oregon area and you're going to race Washougal Amateur Day, why not get a bunch of riding time in? Go to the International Vet MX Series. You know, it's a, it's a laid back event. There's live music. They cater to that 30 and up crowd where it's a really laid back experience, but you're going to get a ton of track time, two day events, uh, just an awesome environment to be around. And uh, yeah, it's not a, it's not many Olympics, right? It's not, that's not what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a little bit more laid back, a little bit more track time and a, a little bit more calm environment where guys are there to have fun and, and get a lot of track time in. So check those guys out. You can go to oldtimersmx.com for more information there. TL Speed Shop. This is a really cool experience. You can go fly into Phoenix, you can get picked up and their uh, shop is in Wickenburg, Arizona, and they will do the rest. Side-by-sides, trophy trucks, they have all kinds of tours set up. You can go to Sedona, you can go wine tasting, you can go to Baja. Uh, they just got done with Baja 500 stuff. They're getting ready for the Dakar race and that's all tr- kind of trophy truck stuff, but uh, they have it all. And this is a really cool thing you can do for vacation, you can do corporate events. But everything's provided, right? They have everything dialed. So you don't need a $50,000 side-by-side. They have you dialed. Upgraded suspension. They know the trails. Like it's all set up for you to, to basically come in and be turnkey, which is really, really cool. There are not many opportunities out there like that, right? Most people want to go do something active on their vacation. You know, for me, I like to go sit on the beach or sit at the pool because my life is so chaotic and I'm constantly going, going, going. But a lot of people, you're in the office all the time. You want to get out and have some fun. This is a perfect opportunity to do that. So check out tlspeedshop.com. Ask for Jason or Josh over there. I'm actually going to get to see them this weekend at, uh, at Lakewood, which will be cool. But uh, a really great opportunity to have some fun that they provide. Grantstone Boots, you could go to grantstoneshoes.com. I really recommend their, their new sneakers. There are four different colors of those. That's their newest offering. And uh, they've been pushing the loafers a lot lately, obviously for summer. Uh, I'm not a big loafer guy. I, I see them out. They look really nice. It's just not really my style. I really like these new sneakers they have. But that's the great thing about Grandstone lately is they have this really wide offering. And when I started wearing them, they had like three options. And they were amazing. They were like low-cut boots. And I wore them. I loved them. But... I also was like, man, it would be awesome if they could go into these other categories like high top boots. And eventually I didn't even know they were going to go into the sneaker category. And now I look back and it's been damn near 10 years. I think I started working with them in 2015. The product line has done nothing but grow and the product quality has just gone vertical. Um, It's just such a great product now. I'd put it up against anything in the market. I really, really would. Um, My closet's full of these things. I'm so fortunate. But they're a great group of guys, moto people, right? That's the same same kind of context for all of these sponsors. They're all moto people. And uh, I, I really would suggest supporting them. And the best part of it is you're getting an amazing product. 
I, I know it's a high-end piece. They're, they're premium footwear, but man, you do ever get your money's worth out of these things. Last but not least, Fly Racing, of course. Fly Racing USA on Instagram and Facebook. Flyracing.com, brand new website. Check it out. All the products there. Kinetic Mesh is our latest release. We will be launching the new line of products probably late July. I've been working on that timeline a little bit this week. Uh, so probably watch for it at Washugal. All the new products coming out. Okay, thanks for listening to those. Let's jump back into this thing with the number five rider. And it's going to be AP7. That's Aaron Plessinger. For those of you who are not into the whole brevity thing, uh, that's a that's a big Lebowski reference for all of you uh, movie heads. But I didn't necessarily know where to put AP. Um, I struggled a bit between these next few. But when you look at you know the mistakes he made this weekend, and then I factor in the overall results, I put Supercross in there, and where I think these guys are going. And that's a big part of this thing. I always try to be a little bit ahead of the curve, not necessarily looking back. But, okay, if I put a guy here in a month, am I going to look smart? And that's kind of where I want to be with this list. And I think AP feels good at five, you know, because I don't know if Barsha's is going to come back or Anderson or these guys. And I think Ferrandis is going to continue to get better. And I think Webb is going to continue to get better. So it just feels like a natural place for him. And uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but it's been pretty good, right? He's been all right. He was really pissed off. I can tell you that about the track. I mean, raging pissed. And it's a good thing that the cameras weren't on him, mic'd up right when he came off, because we would have had to bleep a bunch of stuff out. He was really, really upset with how the track was being prepped and lack of water. Uh, they let it harden up too much. And yeah, he was letting several people have it, as they say. Uh, but he calmed down. I asked him about the podium. He handled himself and was composed as he should be. Um, but it was just interesting. It's always... For me, I, I'm blessed with this, right? Like, I get their real emotions. I'm standing right there when their helmets come off, and they know there's no audio yet, right? So they can kind of say what they think, and they're saying what their true emotions are to their mechanics or their coach or their wife or whoever. Um, but you get a, a real sense of their thoughts. They don't have time to calm down and think about how they want to portray what went on, you're getting the real deal. Um, and I try to bring that to you. That's, I, I think you all deserve that. Now I can't use the words or terminologies or thing. I'm not going to blow them out like that, but I think the context or their thought process is fair. That's fair game. You know, for, for me to share that AP wasn't happy with the racetrack, I don't think he would be upset with that. I think he would tell you the same thing. So uh, I think that's what I should be reporting. Number four is Dylan Ferrandis and, and Ferrandis is getting better. Uh, the heat got to him a little bit this weekend. He was, he knows he's not exactly where he needs to be. They've been, they're trying things on the bike every time he goes out right now. But uh, I think he's going to continue to improve. And, you know, for Jet or for Webb, like they, these guys need to stay on their game. Like they need to keep getting better. They can't get complacent because I think Ferrandis' best days are ahead of him. And you don't want to be in a position where you get caught flat-footed where Ferrandis takes a big step forward and you, you just have been kind of floating along here thinking you got everybody covered and then you get in a mode and you're like, oh, snap, like Ferrandis is really good now and I haven't been really pushing. I've been kind of chilling and now I've got a fight on my hands. So I don't think that Johnny O'Mara or Dazzy, Jet's dad, will allow that to happen. 
but that's what I would be on the watch for is like, you've got to, you got to keep pushing and continuing to improve yourself because whether it's Sexton or Ferrandez or these guys, like they have the capability of catching up if you're not, and you just got to keep the pressure on. So as they get better, you've been getting better too. And that gap kind of stays the same, if that makes sense. Number three, I have Webb and I can understand if you say it's not fair to have Ferrandez behind Webb, but I'm putting Supercross in here too, right? There's no comparison if you put Webb and Ferrandez in the same category for Supercross, and they've been really close in outdoors. So for me, that, give Webb, that gives Webb the nod, uh, nod here, and that can change. If Ferrandez goes on a run and just continuously beats Webb in the overall, which he has two out, two out of two weekends so far, if that continues, then I'll you know think long and hard about moving it. But for now, Supercross weighs heavily still, just on a – how much racing have we seen in 2023 scale? Uh, Webb has had a much better year overall than Dylan Ferrandez. So I, I think that has to be the way this goes. Number two, I have Chase Sexton in here. And it's more because I don't know when he's coming back. If we learn more and this weekend I talked to Lars and Lars is like, ah, I don't, I think it's going to be a while. Then yeah, I'll, I'll adjust accordingly. I'm not going to just leave him in here, nor would I do it for Anderson or Barsha or anybody else. The word is he could come back at any time. So I'm just going to leave him here until I get more information. And, I mean, you look at Sexton's year, he deserves it, man. He won the Supercross Championship. He got second at the opener. He's the only one to keep Jet Lawrence honest. And uh, it's a bummer that we do not have him in, in the series because he brings too much, so much to it. He is so talented and so capable, and uh, we miss him. Like, the series definitely misses him. Number one, it's pretty obvious. That's Jet Lawrence. Uh, he's won every moto so far. He's been the fastest every time he's gone out. And uh, just really impressive. I, I, You know, you just start running out of adjectives and accolades and, you know, nice things to say about this kid. Um, he is the real deal. I think he, his ceiling is higher than most have ever been. Um, I don't know where that tops out at. You know, I think James Stewart's ceiling of going fast was the, the highest I've ever seen. But Stu crashed a lot. Stu threw races away, and Stu did silly things that he, I'm sure he would love to have back. That's a different type of ceiling than where I think Jet is. I think Jet is a has the race manager side to him, but he also is so talented and capable of going so fast. I want to see where that limit ends up being too. Um, Jet is this perfect blend of racecraft and top end raw speed uh that's it's very rare well and we'll see like the future will tell us how this plays out but i'm awfully optimistic here man i, I haven't seen a kid with this complete of a package in a very long time and uh, i just hope he stays healthy i hope we get to see everything that he's capable of uh, because it would be a huge disservice and, and a big miss to the sport if we don't um, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't know. I have the vocabulary to, uh, to truly define what this kid is capable of, man. I, if, if I don't sound wildly impressed and I'm not conveying it properly enough, um, this kid's it's, he's truly special. He really is. And then honorable mentions, these guys deserve to be brought up. Uh, Ty Masterpool jumped into the 450 class, two top 10 finishes. Great job. We know he's capable. We've seen it. Uh, but yeah, it's been really hit and miss. 
he hasn't been able to sustain anything for very long. And this was a good day for him. He, he rode at the front. He passed guys that he needed to pass. And he was firmly a top 10 guy. Like, no question about it. He was able to, you know, start up there or not. Didn't matter. He could pass guys at will. And, uh, yeah, it was just a good look for him. So, nice job to, uh, to tie Masterpool. Jerry Robin, I know I've been brutally harsh in the past. But I honestly feel like it's been deserved, man. You can't DNF that much and quit that often without taking some heat. So I don't feel bad about it. I don't mean it as a an insult to him and never have. I'm just calling it like I see it. And I've seen him DNF so many times over the course of his life that, yeah, I'm going to be critical when you do that. He's not doing that right now. He is in shape, resilient, fast, consistent. So here you go, Jerry. This is some credit that you have earned, and I'm happy to give it to you. Um, I would never want anybody to think this is personal when I'm critical of someone because it's not. I don't care. I'm sure he's super nice. It has nothing to do with any of that. But my job, literally, at the races for television is to be an analyst. And this podcast is about analysis. And all the shows I do is about analysis. And the columns I write is about analysis. And when I analyze Jerry over the course of his career, there's been far too much DNF and far too much quit. So that has to be shared, honestly. Conversely, right now, he's killing it. And he deserves to be mentioned. He deserves credit when he's killing it. So good job. That's the point. Last but not least, Derek Drake. Uh, I've been critical of Derek Drake, too. I've seen him get tired. I've seen him have issues. I know he's had health problems. So I try to tread lightly there. But when you do well and you ride at the front and you consistently put your bike inside the top 10, I'm going to mention that too. And that's where Derek Drake has been. And that's what he's doing. So good job, Derek Drake. I don't know what the future holds ride wise, career wise for any of these guys, right? It's an uphill climb to get a really good ride in the 450 class, but they're doing everything they can do. You get top tens, you're going to, you know, you're, you're putting in the effort and putting results on the board. So congrats to all those guys. Thank you to everybody for listening this week. Uh, sorry, I didn't get it out on Sunday. I was trying, but uh, yeah, life gets in the way sometimes. But thanks to everybody. I, I truly love doing this podcast. We've been uh, three and a half years in existence, and uh, I do not take it for granted. I appreciate all of you. I appreciate all the sponsors and all of you giving me a platform to share my thoughts. I'm sure some of you disagree with them at times. That's okay. That's a part of this. Disagreement and debate is welcome. Um, if you ever listen to me and Steve argue, you know that I'm I'm totally fine with that. So thanks again. We'll talk to you soon and see you.